the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. weather was certainly great. I mean, it was muggy, but it was sunny, and this is the first day, I think, that we've had of no sun. So we had great weather, and it was a great day, and there was lots of hot dogs and barbecues and fireworks, and we've got a great summer ahead of us, and so I love the summer, so I hope most of you do. Everybody's out and about. It seems like they're in a good mood. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Ion Real Estate. Our loyal fans know that we're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything in the 21st century, but it's been for a long time. The American dream has and always will be what people aspire to have and to uh, live in. We've got a great panel of experts today for you. Our good friend Steve Wagner is our legal counsel today. Steve has been a litigator in real estate law for more than 30 years. He specializes in co-op and condominium law. And Steve also is an expert in the rapidly expanding field of the incident defamation claims. And that's a fascinating topic. We want to talk about that. What can you do if someone defames you or your business on the Internet? Steve will be delighted to answer any of our listeners' questions, so please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Thank you. We're happy to have you. And so you can always call with any really legal questions at 866-970-9622. At 11 a.m., we will have Mike Conti, our brilliant insurance expert, and he's back at the top of our second hour. We're going to be talking with Mike Conti, one of New York's top insurance agents. Mike is the principal at Hona Conti and Perino Insurance Agency here in New York City and a former president of the Council of Insurance Brokers of Greater New York. He is, without a doubt, the most knowledgeable insurance expert in New York, or one of them at least. And if you own your own home, rent an apartment, or sleep in your car, no matter what, <laughs> Mike Conti is the man with the answers to all your issues. So please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. And again, how much insurance is enough? That's a question. Um, we're also joined today by best-selling real estate author and NPR radio host, Stephen Gaines. Good morning. Hi, Stephen. Good morning. Good morning. We want to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions. 
They're unique in so many ways, but most of important is their support for their customers. They provide an integrated experience, which includes mobile and online banking. You literally never have to go to a branch if you don't want to. Do you remember the days when you have to wait online to go to the branch? I mean, you had to guess which was the right line, too. Yeah. Now they just have one line, at least. And when they weren't cashing Social Security checks, okay? <laughs> when the lines are really wrong. Um, Citizens has a 24-7 customer contact sec section, and you can go anytime. Um, they have approximately 3,200 ATMs. And Citizens Bank truly, really wants to help their customers get mortgages and loans. So give them a ring at 800-922-9999. Or you can reach them online at citizensbank.com. Uh, citizensbank.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to listen to I Am Real Estate at your leisure, you just can go to the Real Estate app or at Element Radio Show at Element. And that's Radio Show at Element. And then you can listen to us any way you want. And what we're putting together right now is organizing all our guests so that if you want to re-listen to a portion of the show and you don't want to need, or you heard enough of the second hour and you want to hear something or you missed something in the first hour, you can just do that by guest. So we'll have that done for you, I hope, by the end of the summer. I've been promising to talk to you about investing in real estate, and it's a big topic, so we're just going to give you today a little bit of the overall investment strategies for smaller investors, and um, little by little we'll give you more. In, but really, real estate investment in me, if you buy right and you can hold, um, is a really good investment. But again, I note you have to buy right. You have to have enough cash, and you have to like being a landlord <laughs> because they could call you at 2 o'clock in the morning and they need something and you have to do it. We're going to tell you who's in investing and, and why they're investing and what type of things for those beginner investors where you can start. I always tell you what happens on this day. So on this day in 1994, the movie Forrest Gump, which I remember, starring Tom Hanks, is released. And uh, do you remember what his famous saying was uh, about a box of chocolates? And I can't remember. Oh, I think it was life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. And I, I think that became a famous saying, and it's certainly true. You never know what you're going to get. You have to do the best with what God gave you. And that is so true. And I, I try to tell people, I just told somebody over the weekend that was going through a pretty rough time. I said, wake up in the morning and focus on the good things in your life and the positive things. Uh, don't focus on the negative things. And, and it really, if you try that, and every morning when you wake up, think of what's good in your life or what's better, even if it's not where you want it to be, um, rather than thinking about all the things that are wrong with your life. Um, I think you'll find that it really helps you. And I, I, I just believe a lot is in your mind. You're, you're, and people are attracted to positive energy, in my opinion. So, you know, everyone, you know, is there if there's a friend who needs help or they're sick or they're the, they've got woes. But after a while, you know, you don't always want to be around negative people. So you want to try to keep your own head positive. And that's my advice. It's about Obviously, give and take. Yes. Well, you have, it's, you have to give as well as take. Yes. And that's and important. Life, Always yeah. very important. 
And don't you think, Steve, that life is, you know, really a lot of highs and lows. And I don't know of anyone who escapes the lows. I mean, there's always peaks and valleys, and you have to navigate them through. And when everything's going great, you're happy, you're positive, everything. But then when you go to a valley or you, you know, that's important that, you know, you get through that and you understand that that's part of life. You just have to it's, navigate It's through. not a straight line. It doesn't no. go up, and it certainly doesn't go straight down all the time. There's ups and downs in everything you do, and you have to be prepared for it. Hey, did I tell you that I bought an investment property? No. Tell me. Yeah. Well, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, my wife, Barbara, and I bought a two-family house in February. We did some renovations and had some issues with a contractor, which I can tell you about. But um, we've rented the place up. We have a positive cash flow. Wow. And um, got a great rate on a mortgage and um, and got some excellent advice from a, um, a Douglas Elliman broker who helped us find our tenants, which I highly recommend because she vetted them. She interviewed several um, of them for us and then recommended uh, a, a group of three very nice young young people, um, uh, two girls and a guy. And they're just delightful. And uh, I don't have any problem with being a landlord with nice people like that. She did background checks for us. It's very important to make sure you get the right people. Otherwise, it can be full of 2 o'clock calls in the morning where, um, you know, they, the, the water is dripping or something that Tr- could have true. been told during the middle of the afternoon. But um, Douglas Elliman did a wonderful job for us. In, in well, they do vet that. And I, um, I think it's also important when they do a background check, and that's why we always tell you how uh, important credit is. Uh, you don't want to take a, a, a customer or somebody that's going to rent that doesn't pay bills on time or doesn't pay, you know, because um, hopefully if somebody's pattern is of paying on time and paying their bills, that they're going to be a good tenant and do the same likewise. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. They so. did everything. It was wonderful. They uh, they even had a form of uh, lease for us. It was a pretty good form. I mean, it's not practicing law. I reviewed the lease and made sure it was all okay. But they couldn't have made it easier. I highly recommend, you know, people think that uh, brokers these days are for buying. But if you're investing in property, getting a good broker to find you tenants um, is really very valuable. And, and what's very nice about it is we went to a broker um, who we knew very well, but she had a young woman working with her who was very enthusiastic about the, the rental. So I, I couldn't recommend more that you get a, a broker for rentals as well as just buying and selling. But now, even, Steve, even in the sh- yeah, in the I didn't pay you to say that. House, <laughs> I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you did not tell me to say it, but it's the truth. And, and I should tell you also that it, we bought the place. You you always say buy right. And, you know, we got what we thought was a fair deal, but it looks like all the houses are going for probably a hundred and a quarter more than we bought it. And it hasn't even been six months. So we're, we couldn't be happier. That's it's, wonderful. You know, it's, you're getting the uh, advantage of the increase in equity, 
And you're also, I mean, we're very lucky. We have a positive cash flow right now. Yeah, the start. and that uh, that's difficult to do it within six months. That you know, usually it's hard to get a positive cash flow right away. So that's really you incredible that you did that. And do you yeah. think maybe doing some of the renovations helped it out? Uh, well, the renovations I already mentioned. We had a a contractor who was uh, I I got somebody who was highly recommended by a friend. Um, and wasn't a real contractor. He was more of a glorified handyman. You'll find a lot of people who say they can do the work, but if they're if they're not used to doing real renovations, um, you know, we found things that were being done wrong. The work wasn't being done in a timely manner, and I had to let them go. Let him go. Well, but we have a, let me, another uh, contractor now who's great. Yeah, let me say this to everyone because you. You know, I've been renovating my house, and it's three years, and it's not finished yet. And uh, if you are going to do, and I did a gut renovation, I basically gutted the house. Uh, if you're going to do that, you need to, number one, have the right people. But have what I didn't do is I didn't put it on a timeline where, like, you're going to do this, this, and this by this date. And so now it's three years later, and it's still not done. And I wasn't. I was too busy to be there, and I, I really believe if you're going to do that, you really have to go there also and be there and be on top mm -hmm. of them um, because not, you know, not everyone does right, or sometimes they'll have subcontractors. So it's a, it's a really important thing, and you need to have the time. And, again, there's no guarantees because uh, yours was a recommendation, so was mine, and it was mine was an architect. But at the same token, uh, you also have to be there because they otherwise could take other jobs or they might not push as, you know, as quickly as they can. And so it's a big undertaking, but very well worth it. Very well worth it. By the way, well, I don't know we, what your birthday is, but the, when's your birthday? We have a strong recommendation, but it was, just not, it was just not right. And the person who recommended it, I said, how could you recommend it? Oh, well, I was very sorry. But I was trying to do him a favor. It's like, yeah. you know, who's trying to do who a favor? You know, $35,000 later, that's some favor for a friend. But so, that's Steve, how it if, goes you, sometimes. if you had to recommend something that you learned from that, what would you do? What would you do differently if you should buy another investment property when it comes to a well, contract? Well, first of all, I wouldn't try to save money on the construction. I actually think that the construction we're getting now is so much higher quality that it will enhance the value of the property more than we're spending. Whereas the guy who was doing it before was doing everything quick and cheap. And I don't think that that's really what I wanted to do with uh, the properties I own. I think that there's going to be problems in the future with things like that. Like there wasn't proper venting for the plumbing. I mean, really, I mean, that's something that's pretty basic um, and had to be redone by the new contractor. So you're not saving any money by going cheap. Right. You're uh, right. You're, 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 cre you're creating potential problems for the future. That's how I saw that's, it. And that's that's great. Learned. That's great advice. And I um, think we all learn, but I think that it's a learning process. And I think that um, when you are doing renovations you need to talk to some people who've done them already and as again friends try to give you good advice but sometimes they don't know your exact needs and so i think you maybe need a couple of recommendations 
I was asking you, Steve, when your birthday is, not your age, but <laughs> if you were born on July, uh, you were included with notable people like Nancy Reagan, who was born today, and in 1920, and, and she was born in 1921, and Sylvester Stallone, who's 72. Actually, my goodness, and he was born in Hell's Kitchen in New York, and I can't believe that he's 72. Uh, I remember when I first saw Rocky. So I, I, I actually, just... I actually saw him working out one time uh, when I was uh, in California. It, I went into uh, exercise, and, and there he was. Um, remember when he was going out with Angie Everhart? Well, she no. was there, too. No. And that was... <laughs> That was, uh, I that just was, know of I didn't keep up with him after that. Steve, can I ask you something about the the um, the construction guy that you fired? So these construction people, they they can put a lien on you for any reason, whether it's true or not true. Is that correct, Steve? And then what do you do if you get a lien? Well, you know, the interesting thing is, yes, anybody can put a lien on you, um, but if the lien is exaggerated, that's a ground for getting rid of it. And the fact that somebody puts a lien on you doesn't mean that you automatically have to pay them. Um, there's a way of actually bonding the lien. And it's, an, it's a section of the law that allows you. It used to be you had to go to court and you had to have the court tell you how much uh, money you had to put up to bond the lien. But now you don't even have to go to court. What you can do is you put up 110% of the lien in a bond with a bonding company. And... Um, uh, the lien is already automatically lifted. So you know, very often uh, mortgages require that you remove a lien within 30 days, and that's pretty much how you do it. I've not, by the way, I've never seen a, a bank foreclose in 30 days or even start a foreclosure. They'll give you some time to work things out, but um, you can't leave it on. In, in my case, um, the contractor was ahead of me. Uh, which means that I had paid him for more work than he actually had done. And, th and that goes back to um, what Dottie said a little while ago about you have to have time frames. Well, you also have to have time frames not by date, but rather by the performance of the work for payment. Because I had a schedule of payments and I had a schedule of work, but I was paying him and he wasn't doing the work. So I stopped paying him, insisted he do more work, and he had a deadline to finish the job and didn't even – he was so far away. It was ridiculous, so I, that's why I fired him. But um, it's not just getting a date in the contract that it'll take three months and you'll pay him every two weeks this certain amount or something like that, or you'll, you want to be paying them according to the amount of work done. And if you don't – if, if you don't have somebody representing you on a bigger job so that they will certify the amount done, that's what architects do. Um, uh, you can even just discuss, okay, when the sheetrock goes up, it'll be this much. When the plumbing and electric is done, that'll be that much. When, the, you know, when your floors are done and, and uh, you're up to painting and uh, you know, a touch-up, things like that. And it's not unusual also to hold some money back at the end. To make sure that those to so make sure that they finish uh, the they, job and they don't leave a lot of loose ends like they've done with me okay right. <laughs> that they got paid already punch, i can tell you all punch, the mistakes i made a punch list item that's great advice thank you steve you're listening to ion real estate 866-970-9622 we'll be right back 
I'll share with you some of the L.O. Miller reports and what's going on in Manhattan. Connect the dots. Dennis Rodman, Carmen Electra, William Kennedy Smith, and Rush Limbaugh. What do they have in common? They've all said, get me Roy. They're talking about Roy Black, the nation's premier criminal defense lawyer. And we've got him on this weekend's Champions of Justice. Tom Girardi will ask him about some of his most interesting and controversial cases. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Hi, this is Jerry Crowley, Vice President and General Manager at Salem, New York. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either AM 970 The Answer or AM 570 The Mission, WMCA. If you love one of these stations, and you should, and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join the team and help us in this mission. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we just might have a job for you. Give us a call at 212-857-9638. Ask for Courtney or leave a message with your information. Again, that's 212-857-9638. 212-857-9638. This could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know if you don't call. Hey, Joe on the radio telling me about Balance of Nature. Have you gone on your Balance of Nature journey yet? Look, it's fruits and vegetables in capsule form. I have the best conversations with folks about Balance of Nature. Freddie, my nephew, asked about Captain Frank, my good buddy, you know, who's a very, very tough martial artist and a, a professional pilot. What about Balance of Nature, Joe? And I'm saying, you know, it's just fruits and vegetables in capsule form. And like a vitamin? No, it's not like a vitamin because vitamins are stinky. Vitamins upset your stomach and vitamins are filled with junk. They just have things that you just eliminate. Balance of Nature, the way Dr. Douglas Howard came up with this, is genius. A daily dose of Balance of Nature capsules has 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Once you start taking Balance of Nature, you feel the difference immediately. Don't forget, don't forget, Balance of Nature is not like ordinary vitamins that are made with synthetics. It's just natural food in vegetarian capsule right there. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients within this capsule from 100% whole food plants, fruits, and vegetables. I'm telling you, I'm a vitamin guy. I'm an expert. I've done this my whole life. I know what works, what doesn't work. Balance of nature works. It works. And I speak to you. I am the clinical study, okay? It works for me. And I'm very, very astute on all of this. Ever since I had cancer way back then, you know, 1981, by the grace of God, you know, but you always look over your shoulder. And I always put things in my body that will put aside all those free radicals trying to attack our body. And that's exactly what balance of nature does. It's fruits and vegetables in capsule. 
capsule form. Now, for a limited time, you can receive a 30% discount and free shipping on your first preferred order of Balance of Nature. And here's the number. You know it well. 800-2468-751. 800-2468-751. Or go please to balanceofnature.com. Use the discount code the answer. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're here with Steve Wagner, our real estate attorney specialist, and Steve Gaines. I think he's a real estate, he's a writer, he's kind of a radio show host, myself, uh, Dottie Herman, and um, we're talking about the market in the city, and we just released our element reports, and just to give you a brief summary, that this quarter Manhattan saw a first annual rise in sales in seven quarters with buyers motivated to avoid exposure to the new mansion tax. So sales increased year over year for the first time after six quarters of declines. And the most significant category that there was growth was the $2 million to $5 million price range. Um, and during the week of June, the last week of June, um, there was a mad rush to get deals inked, I mean signed, because buyers wanted to get deals across the finish line before the new mansion and transfer tax took place, which took place on July 1st. So if you didn't make it then, it's too late now. And Agents and attorneys and everybody were busy just trying to get closings and things to close. Hasn't and that mansion tax already been in place? What am I confusing it with? Um, over a million mansion, dollars? The mansion tax was around um, for a long time. It was um, 1% of, um, of the total purchase price uh, for residential properties. Um, and it was paid by the purchaser. But what has happened now is they've increased the mansion tax. I don't have the exact numbers, but the change in the mansion tax was that um, over one million was still one percent. And then you had a two to I think two to three category, uh, um, uh, three to five. And then they had like over five. I Um, I actually I actually did the calculations on some of the very, very high end, you know, a hundred million dollar uh, co-ops that were selling in the city, and the mansion ta- the difference in mansion tax was literally millions of dollars. Yeah, it was, I think uh, the state's new mansion tax on, was on residential deals over two million dollars, and transfer taxes on transactions over three million. Um, <laughs> so it was it's money. So people try to so that really spiked the market because a lot of things are closed in that period of time because people wanted to escape paying that higher. A number actually, the year-over-year spike was about 38 percent for dollar volume, and uh, almost ten percent for sales. So it was like a red. I want to see if that's just a spike, or if that is just really an increase in buying activity. Uh, so, the they you know there is a lot of taxes, and uh, my word for New York is you know hey, cool it. I mean, you can tax people so much. Um, then we had Stephen James, who's our CEO of Douglas Elliman, and he stopped by to see uh, to the CBSN studios, and he discussed the market. And his uh, his 
read on it is that it was a really good quarter, and for the first time in 18 months uh, at Douglas Elliman, we had more sales. And, of course, interest rates, you know, are low, and they're lower than they were a year ago. Um, there's more inventory, which is not a plus for sellers, but you want to have enough to have deals because if I remember about this time last year, there was so little inventory that we would have had more sales if we had things to sell. Uh, so uh, Jane, uh, Stephen said that uh, Upper Manhattan remains a great place where buying because the consumers in Manhattan have been pushed really out. Uh, and that's really what has built up a lot of the outlying prop, you know, areas because Manhattan's prices got so high. And he said that the new mansion tax, which, of course, added into why buyers were trying to close deals. And it went up, I think, Steve, it went up from 1% of the entire sales price at the price above a million to all the way to up to 4.9% when you got to $25 million. Wow. Right, right. Uh, that's why uh, yeah, I was um, – the Wall Street Journal called me on that, and I – actually did the calculations for them. I didn't recall the amounts. But there, it, it is a significant amount when you start getting to the higher value uh, properties. And it was very well worth it to try and close. And, and I had uh, some friends who were doing a lot of transactional work who literally you know, published and thanked their team for getting so many closings done before the deadline. But listen to this on, a, on a, a good note that New York City might be a very expensive place to live, uh, but New York State is ranked the ninth least energy expensive in comparison to other places. It's only not, it's like the ninth cheapest. The average New York State monthly energy bill is $284. In Connecticut, it's $373. Uh, so... Uh, that's amazing. That's, so uh, if you want to look at a positive, uh, at least the energy is cheaper there. And what that's doing, Steve, to your point, though, is uh, I remember just reading maybe, and we talked about it on the show a lot a couple of years back, and every, every paper and every tabloid said, oh, uh, the millennials are buying in the city, in the city, in the city. They don't want to be in the burbs. They don't want to be in the burbs. And... Uh, now, this was the front page of the Wall Street Journal, and it said, the trendiest place for young homeowners is the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And suburbs now make up 14 of the 15 fastest-growing cities in America. And now, as millennials are beginning to get married, remember, they got married later. They stayed at home longer. They, a lot of the older millennials got out when we were in a recession, and they're having children. They are returning to the suburbs. And the growth rate for major American cities now is down 0.69%. And the suburbs are starting to go up. So those of you who have been, like I know, in some of the suburbs in Connecticut, Long Island, people have been patient. But now you're seeing the millennials, as they have families, start to say, hey, we need more space. And we can get more for our money in the suburbs if they're close enough to the city to drive. And that's really pushing cities, uh, suburbs up. And, what, uh, I've seen, what, I've, what I've seen in the uh, suburbs, and uh, I'm talking about the North Shore, uh, the Gold Coast, is, is um, a, a, people, a lot of developers are coming in and knocking down houses and building brand new ones. And, and those seem to be the most popular. They're getting good they are. prices for them. You know, and, they are. And, and people, want, people want new. 
people want new, and that's why, you know, at, at some points, I'm really going to help you guys. When you sell a home, okay, unless you really want to severely discount, you kind of step back and say, who is your potential buyer and what are their needs? And young people are not like the older generation where they said, oh, we'll buy this home, we'll maybe do a bathroom in a year, and maybe we'll get to the kitchen in three years. They want everything done now. So that's why they like new. You can move in and it's done. So, you know, you got to fix your place up a little. But new is selling way over anything. People like new. But if you're an owner, don't feel bad if you've cried because... 36 percent just so you know this i don't want you to feel bad if you've ever cried while you're selling your house it's a horrible it's a it's a crazy experience it's nerve-wracking 36 percent of all american home sellers have cried at some point while selling their home because it's nerve-wracking and it is and it could really trigger a divorce or a breakup and and there's so much stress so you know when you're going to sell your home know that take a deep breath it's it's not something, and who wants to show the house every day? You have to have a tip-top shape. And so amongst the reasons for anxiety, 70% of the sellers surveyed said they, first of all, were uncertain over the sales price. Um, they were worried that their homes wouldn't sell. And no matter how confident the good the market is, people are always, you know, there's, and you have to worry about credit. Even if somebody gives you the right price, you, that's why you... Ace will always tell you you want to have a credit check. You want to make sure that their credit is good. And um, 71% of a Zillow survey says that that people uh, who are selling a home did not properly know how long it would take. Well, I don't know if anyone really knows, but I'm just going to give you an average. Uh, The average, I would say, is at least three months, three or four months. I mean, that's not... You know, up to six months. And the higher your property is, the more expensive it is, the less, the smaller the pool of buyers. So, you know, as much as you'll hear the headlines, oh, this is a 20 million, this is 25, the pool of buyers at that price range is always going to be smaller. So, usually the more expensive it is, the more, the longer it takes uh, to sell a home. So, the other thing about selling homes is, you know, if you price too high, people aren't going to make offers, and, and the price you'll have to lower the price. And if you price too low, the market—I mean, people will start making lots of offers. You'll get competition. I mean, there's strategies to that, which you know, Dottie used to make. But if you hold that thought, Steve, on strategies, because you know that's a, that's an interesting point you're making. On gee, did you price it too low? Because we're in a no-win situation. If we price it and they get a lot of offers right away, they say, oh, the broker, you priced it too low. I'd like to finish that thought with Steve. And as soon as we get back from our break, you're listening to Iron Real Estate, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back. Hi, 
this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan. I'm excited to announce that we're taking the show on the road, and the first stop is the New York Open Center. Join me on Sunday, July 21st at 10 a.m. when my guest is Colleen Kelly Alexander, author of Gratitude in Motion. Colleen was hit by a multi-ton freight truck and left for dead. She was revived twice and remained in a coma for over five weeks. She endured multiple surgeries and severe wound management as her broken body struggled to heal. Even though she could not walk at the time, Colleen vowed that she would run and dedicate her race medals to the medical heroes that saved her life. To date, Colleen has run 50 races and completed 40 triathlons, including four half-Ironman events. She is a true miracle. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash events. That's cyacyl.com slash events. And be sure to tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. I'm Michael Conti. And I'm Michael Honig from Honig Conti Perino Insurance. Our families have been in business since 1902. We want to let you know about some common misconceptions most people have about insurance. Number one, I don't need it. That'll never happen to me. Well, nine out of ten claims are water damage claims. And whether you're a business owner or a homeowner, it's not the thousands of dollars it costs to make the repairs that will shock you, but the tens of thousands of dollars it costs for a temporary office or housing. Bet you didn't know that. Number two, insurance is like a drive through and I can purchase it like a side of fries. The process shouldn't be difficult, but it does require real people that can guide you. Whether providing insurance for your apartment, co-op, condo, house, or your business, Michael Honig and Michael Conti are names you can trust. So call the Michaels today at 212-777-7113. That's 212-777-7113. Or visit them online at honigconti.com. H-O-N-I-G-C-O-N-T-E.com. Honig Conti Perino. Not just here to provide insurance, but insurance guidance. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the 4th of July sale at Ace, the perfect time to buy the latest grills from our exclusive lineup of premium brands like Weber, Traeger, and more. Right now, get free assembly and free delivery on our top grill brands and accessories, $3.99 and up. From our store right to your door. Don't miss the 4th of July sale, now through Monday, only at Ace. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members only. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Summer is here. And Matt's got the barbecue out all ready to grill. That's why he trusts Super Polygrip, so he can enjoy his steak with full confidence. Polygrip! Sounds like there's a party going on. But something's missing. The birthday gal's arrived. And thanks to Polydent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Polydent! 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate. Steve and I were talking about, you know, I was saying that buyers cry sometimes when they sell your, their homes. It's a very stressful time. And we were talking about, I think Steve said, you know, if you list it too high, it sits on the market and people say, what's wrong with it? But if you list it low, now, here's the deal. Um, when you list your home, if people come right away and make offers on it, uh, right away the seller usually will call and say, well, you listed my home too high. Now, I usually ask people this question. What kind of plan do you want? Get, here's a yellow piece of paper. Just write down how quickly you want this sold, ideally. Oh, you want it sold? And, oh, I don't need to sell it. I don't really care. I don't need the money. Okay, fine. Maybe you want the five-year plan, and we'll list it at this high price, <laughs> and maybe in five years it will come into that price. Um, the whole idea is really to list it properly, and listing is not a science. There is not a formula that says, do this formula, and this is the exact price of your home. And so what you really want to look at is at, this partic- at that particular time, because a year ago it was a different particular time. You as a seller, and I recommend my sellers do this. First of all, you'll have your agent show you what's on the market that's similar to mine, that's in the, my neighborhood, that's competing with me. What is the buyer going to look at if he's in this price range? What's my competition? If you don't have any competition, you'll probably sell it a lot quicker. Uh, if you have a lot of people selling their homes, and then you'll have more competition, and you've got to price it somewhere in reason. Uh, but the whole idea is to get your property sold. You know, I had a, a home um, a pro- property in the city, and I had a guy that bought this whole floor, and I, he didn't know that I had this little tiny apartment. It was 800 square feet. Well, he tried to get me to sell it for half of what I paid for it, and I told him I'm not selling it. And especially for half, I just paid. But eventually he wanted the floor, so he paid me. He didn't pay me a lot more money, but he paid me a fair market value. And I didn't want the aggravation of people in my apartment every single day. Mm-hmm. So he, did, he didn't care to look at it because he couldn't care less what it looked like. Not that it looked bad, but he didn't care. He just knew it made up the floor for him. So he said, here's the deal. You have to sell it in two weeks to me. I, you have to be out in two weeks. And gave me the price that I thought was a good price considering I bought this apartment at the height of the market. And I sold it to him. And I never showed the apartment. He never even looked at it. And for me, I didn't cry. I didn't have that stress. <laughs> so, you know, everything is, you know, everything. And what I tell people is a rule of thumb. If you list your, your house or your apartment, either way, it doesn't matter if you're in the burbs or not, or you're in the city. If you get buyers and you can say, look, and you tell your broker, please keep all the cards of anybody that comes to the house, any brokers, okay? If you get a lot of activity, but no one makes an offer, then it's probably your price. But it's not far away, it's not far enough out of range because people are still coming to it. If nobody's coming to your property and you're not getting any activity, generally it's a price issue. Because if you're, you know, 
if, but if people are coming and they're not making offers, it might be a problem in your house. It might be something that doesn't show up well. But that means that people are coming. It's in the right range. So it's activities. And if the broker is doing an open house every week and you don't see any activity, then um, I think you need to ask the broker to try to drum up some business some different ways or actually go to offices and encourage people to see it. But there's a lot of other ways besides an open house. But there's no science to, pri to uh, pricing. You just have to look at your competition. And if a year from now it's different competition or there's less competition, you might get higher than you would have a year before. It really depends on what somebody can buy at that price. Isn't it yeah, true that the mar market sets the price? In other words, if you're too high you know, and nobody's coming, obviously you're way too high. If people are coming but they're not bidding – You've got to lower your price. If you're if you start out and you're and people are coming and making offers and, and then the price will get bid up. The market is what sets the price. Well, the broker you, can give you a good broker can give you great guidance. That's you what bring you're up, talking about. You bring up a good point, and I'm not telling you to do this as a strategy because it doesn't always work. But sometimes, if you price your home a little under, and uh, then what happens is you get a bidding war where there's all these people coming because it's priced well or, or a little under the market. And that can drive your price up higher because then to get it, maybe somebody has to bid higher than the asking price. But those are strategies you should discuss with your broker. They don't. It's so no emotional. It's so emotional. You don't want to hear. When I was trying to sell my house for a very short period of time, I had such arguments with, and I know the real estate business backwards and forwards. You do. I have a license. I know this thing, but I fell right into the same trap. No, you're pricing it too low. This is what I want for it. It has nothing to do with what you want for it or your emotional investment in the house. The market, just like Steve Wagner just said, the market sets the price. That's us. And, you know, Steve, tr truthfully, when, when once people are in there, in the home, um, generally they'll make an offer. Uh, you know, they might not make the offer you want. And that's another thing. I tell the brokers, and I'm telling you as sellers, so you won't have to cry. Never tell your broker, never. By the way, broker, do not bring me a deal that's less than this amount. And then I'll hear a broker say, look, the seller told me I can't bring him this offer because it's not high enough. You never know what somebody will pay, and you never know if somebody's going to go up. And there are some nationalities and cultures that bargaining is what they do. It's how they do it. It's how they negotiate. So you want to listen to all offers. And legally, just so you know, mm -hmm. a real estate broker is compelled to tell you all offers. If I offered you $20, I'd still have to tell my client because if you don't present all offers, the, the seller can say to the broker a year later, well, you know what? I really would have taken that offer if you would have showed, told me about it. You never told me. So by law, we have to present all offers. Um, so therefore, you know, you as a seller should never ever even think that this, the, the broker should do that. And you should encourage offers because you never know where something starts and where something ends. By the way, I was just talking during the kind of break to Steve. And, you know, um, I just talked to a developer of stuff in the city and now he, you know, but he lives in Miami. And we read an article that, you know, we are hearing that South Beach, which was so hot, is not hot anymore. 
and that the South Beach condo prices tumbled almost 17% from this time last year, from now to this time this last year. So if you happen to be looking in South Beach, you probably can get a good deal. And again, everything is timing. There's a lot of inventory on the market there, and there was a lot of development. So uh, it might be a good time to buy there if you are looking in that particular area. Miller Samuel, who does all of uh, Elliman's uh, 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 work, uh, said that prices tumbled uh, 16.5%. Isn't that amazing, condo prices? And also, uh, one of the big changes is that uh, 10 years ago, Miami Beach used to get about 6 million visitors. So if you had a house there or condo there, you know, you were surrounded by 6 million. Now they get 12 million visitors a year. So really, it's like it's not a happy thing to walk in the street there, although it's still very beautiful and the condos are gorgeous. But that's keeping people away. Yes. Now, Steve, I... I, I Did want the to prices ask you a fall question. across the board down there, or was it just no, condos no. or was it homes also? No, it's it's. Well, I think it's more higher higher end, and I you you have a lot. Miller Samuel said prices tumbled sixteen point five percent to seven hundred and forty six thousand for the same period, while the number of sales dropped eleven percent, according to a report from Miller Samuel. I think um, I was talking to a developer who has a development in New York but lives in Miami, and I asked him what's his read on that market because he lives there, and he said there was just so much built all over, and a lot of the people that bought were foreigners, and they're just not there buying. And, so, and there was like an oversupply, not only in South Beach but in all Miami. Now, if you're a buyer and you're looking, it's probably good for you uh, because – they were just, you know, and there's also a lot. Like in the city, although you hear sometimes, oh, well, uh, we have a surplus. We really don't. There wasn't a lot of land to build a lot of stuff. I mean, you can only build so much in the city. So uh, I think it'll be a little slower. I don't think all of uh, Florida is like that. But I think that uh, in Miami, there's a, a whole, there was a whole story in the Wall Street Journal. And of course, we have offices there. So I've checked with them. Maybe I'll have uh, one of our... Uh, our CEO of, of Florida, come on and talk a little about what's going on there. I think that would be good. But, Steve, um, I want to ask you a question. You deal with a lot of co-op uh, neighbor disputes. And one of the one of my uh, – somebody that I, I – I think it was Stephen James says, oh, gee, you can, you can really get good deals on Park Avenue if you want to live on Park Avenue and you want to live in a co-op. Now, for those of you who, watch, who listen to our show – if you live in Manhattan, you're probably familiar with co-ops. But if you don't, you know, there, there's some strict rules in the co-ops, and you really have to go through a board approval. Um, but if you have a co-op dispute, what, like, what are the main disputes? Because when you're living in your own house, and you can have a bad neighbor who lives next door in a residential house, but when you're living in apartments, you're living in a dwelling with a lot of people. And so what happens if you have... A neighbor that's very noisy. That's probably a big complaint, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the noise and odors. Yeah, are, I was going to answer that. And, and the odors, who I would include in odors, uh, secondhand smoke. Um, so uh, those are very difficult problems because they're transitory, meaning they come and go, and they're very difficult to reproduce in a court. Um, so... Uh, for noise, at least there's some standards. Um, there's a noise code in the city of New York 
although for residential to residential apartments um, it basically has to be unreasonable noise and you know you, you how do you say what's reasonable and not reasonable if you can't reproduce it accurately in court um, for odors there actually is no standard so all of these things are very very difficult to deal with um, well, and and very often I find that the people who are the winners are the people who decide I don't want to litigate anymore I'm sick and tired of this I'm out of here they are the people the people who stay are the, usually the winners regardless of the outcome of the, the lawsuit and they can be very pricey to, to litigate because they're Supreme Court actions primarily unless you can engage unless you can get the co-op uh, to throw in with you which is difficult because they it, unless it's a lot of people on the floor complaining about one person if you just have one complaining about the other you wind up with a he said she said situation right. it's just not really a, a great situation to be in if you're the one complaining and going to court now so, let me uh, ask you steve i understand that there's a new city law that requires apartment buildings to have a smoking policy that's right assuming it, it that you have a smoking policy that's a new policy but let's just say that i have lived in this apartment for 15 years, and when I bought it, there was no policy on smoking, and I want to smoke still. What is the, where does that leave? Uh, what, I mean, how does that affect somebody? Like, well, in other the, words... The, the, the law, law has provided that you cannot smoke in common areas right now. So All right, but common policy, areas meaning the halls, right? Exactly, or the roof. Um, right. Or, you know, even that some of them even try to restrict in front of the building. Um, but, you know, the, so if the policy is just that, then it's really not going to change much for people who live in apartments and either smoke or like to cook, uh, you know, uh, whatever kind of food smells right. a lot. I don't even know. But the um, uh, the, uh, the, the the policies that I've been uh, working with a lot and what people seem to want is not just can't smoke in the halls. But you can smoke in your apartment, but you are responsible for migration of the smoke into other apartments. Well, now, and how would you know? If I told you your smoke, my smoke is, you said to me, your smoke is coming into my apartment. Like, how do I know that? Well, we, we've, we've, had, we've had a couple of instances. First of all, uh, one building I had, we had a cigar smoker. And that, that was no trick to figure out where the, uh, where the odor was coming from. Um, we also have uh, on, uh, you know, very often you'll find somebody who's smoking something that may not be legal, like a little weed or something, and and that will, that's sort of distinct too. It it it's a powerful smell, but just smoke itself um, is difficult. And and there's a couple of things that I recommend that are practical things to do. For example, you know, wait, um, Steve. Stephen, you are going to tell us what things that you would recommend doing, and you'd also tell us what buyers who are looking for an apartment and don't want to make sure that there's any smoking, what they can look to do before they buy. But I don't want you to start because we are coming up with the news, and therefore we'll have a cliffhanger. We're going to finish that question about what you can do with that there's a noise or odor problem and what you can do to protect yourself if you can to go into a building that's smoke-free. Uh, we'll do that right after the news and we'll be back. 
with all your questions at 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.